Welcome to Troll Black TV's weekly podcast where we feature the world's most extreme athletes. This week, we're featuring the legendary Ule Steck, who's better known as the Swiss Machine. Ule made history when he free soloed Annapurna in 2014. And in 2015, he set a new record for the North Face of Iker by soloing in 2 hours, 22 minutes, and 50 seconds. Ule, welcome to our show. First of all, I, I got to ask you, how did you get the nickname, the Swiss Machine? Oh, this, this was Sanders' film. That's not, it's not me. I, I actually didn't really like that name. It's about, uh, yeah, that was Sanders' <laughs> film who, who created that Swiss machine, and now it sticks to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've had nicknames myself, and uh, I know how that can be. <laughs> Last year, you set a new speed record for the Iger. I, I know it's not a competition, but what's driving you to take such risk? That's, uh, this time, I didn't take any risk, it's, uh, or not, a, not so much risk. It's, uh, it's just a, it's a game. It's like, uh, it's like playing, it's like doing the speed records on the on nail cap. It's the same game. Uh, it's just fun, and you just try to, you know, progress and 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 learn things and and do it better. How many times have you done the route? Mm, oh, the forty-eight route, uh, the thirty-eight route. I don't know exactly. I did the whole. I think I did forty-one times now, but on different routes. Forty-one times. Wow. I've heard you say that taking risk in the United States is much more accepted in our country than it is your country. Why do you think that is? I don't know. It's a, I think it's mentality. It's a, In Switzerland, people are... Everything is safe, you know? And we live in a, in a pretty comfortable country. And... So people, I don't know, people are not willing, they want to have a safe life. They're not accepting risk anymore. And, yeah, it's hard to say. It's, I mean, you know, in Switzerland, it's, people, they're really driven. They think that you have to have an insurance for everything and everything has to be safe and it's 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 a weird mentality because there's always a risk in life. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Do they do they frown on what you're doing? No, 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 no. It, it's well accepted. I mean, but I just have to be careful that I'm not uh, just a crazy climber. You know, like it, it can swap to to be just just a stupid crazy climber. It's a fine line, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really fine line. Tell us about your mental training. How do you train your mind to combat negative thoughts in your head? It's it's hard to say. It's for me, like going on a route or whatever. It I need to have a good preparation, and that's basically physical preparation. And then I feel comfortable, and I I have to do that approach. You know, like just to get this self-confidence that 
I can do it. And this comes only from physical training. Yeah, no, physical training is so important on everything. It's like you can't have one without the other. Exactly. But, you know, like the physical training, I can measure and I know it. And, and mental mental things, it's, you cannot measure it. It's, and it's always different. There's no, I don't know, uh, time changes, you know, like you're in a different mood. It's... Uh, and and physical training it's so easy to handle so it, it, it's really easy to to measure and then it uh yeah you have the numbers and then you know you can do it i think you have to be really rational like doing all this soloing you know mm-hmm. you you can't have uh any emotions doing a climb do you have a coach Yes, I have a coach who who helps me for yeah for the whole planning of the training because you need somebody who you know training is really hard so you you need somebody to 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 give the inputs, you know, like somebody who tells you, like, now you're training too much, you might gonna go into overtraining, or now your training is not hard enough. It's 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 really convenient and good to have somebody uh, just watching your training, and you can rely on it, and he knows what you you have to do. I couldn't agree more. Otherwise, you have no way of knowing if you're entering the danger zone. Yeah, pushing yourself too much. Yeah, you're pushing too much or not enough or, you know, like, uh, a lot of things. Like, you, you need somebody who who, who helps you out on, on this situation. You, you could talk about, you know, the training and whatever. Uh, and, of course, it's, on the end, maybe it's, you're not training differently. Has your training changed over the years? Or do you feel like you discovered a formula that works for you, especially now that you've gotten older? I mean, training changes every time. I mean, that's the point. If you train like all all years, always the same, the same, the same, you have no progress. You have to adapt training, and that's the that's the key point. And that's probably where the coach comes in to keep changing it for you. Yeah, of course. You you need to get new inputs. You know, like you you have to have new ideas. Like if you train over the years the same exercise over and over again there's no progress anymore you reach like a you reach the desk since your training is so intense how do you prevent your body from just falling apart um I think it's really important that you know like it's a lot of training it's kind of like um it's not that you're getting stronger. It's more that you stay healthy. And this training, a lot of people skip that because in your actually in your performance, there is no no benefit. Like you're not improving, so you can skip this these sessions. But these sessions are really really important to stay healthy. 
it's like you know stretching or working on like distances and stuff or uh, I know for example my hip is is really weak so I really have to work on my hip even if it doesn't hurt but there are a lot of exercise I do for my hip just to stay to keep it healthy you know like but there's no I will not run faster I just run maybe still in 10 years the hips is that because you're carrying a pack is the load hitting you there on your hip level no like I mean if you look on my my legs they're pretty pretty uh, uh, special so I, I just have to to work on it have you ever been injured I had some small injuries, injuries, but nothing serious. Nothing serious. Yeah, I was curious because wondering how you deal with that emotionally. Because a lot of people I know get really depressed when they get injured. I mean, I I broke my rib, I broke my ankle once, but there's always. Something. Do you just change it up and do some other kind of workout routine to keep it going? Exactly. Yeah, that's what I've discovered. Uh, sometimes an injury can be a blessing in disguise. Well, for sure. Then you have time for working on the other things, you know. You've been testing equipment for Mountain Hardware for a number of years now. How big of a role does their equipment play in your success? I think it's important to have the right equipment. But, yeah, like in Aperial, it's like, it's nice to have. But I think, uh, like on shoes, for example, I think that's really, really important. That's where I work really close with Scarpa. And I I make my shoes how I want them, and I think that's really that's really key. Does Scarpa custom make them for you? I go down and make them for me at the Scarpa factory. <laughs> yeah. Do they take a mold of your foot? I have a mold. Yeah, I have my own own mold down in the factory, so I can do the shoes on my mold. When you find yourself in a life or death situation, how do you deal with fear? Usually, I, I don't. I don't have fear in the mountains. Uh, and I'm in the mountains. I, I feel really, really comfortable. And I think that's the point. That's why I'm doing it. If I wouldn't feel comfortable, I would not do it. So, of course, there are situations which are difficult and you know like okay now you have to get focused on dealing with the situation but you have a plan you know and then you're not you're not afraid I think fear is something it just comes up if you're in in the unknown you know if you do something you don't know then you're afraid Uh, and if you do something which you have a plan you're you're not scared. Have Have you ever thought you were going to die? It's not, you know, in the situations you're in, and like I don't know that spin drift I got hit in on the Puna South face. You're not thinking you're gonna die. You're thinking like, oh shit, this is not good. I'm gonna fall off the face. But it's nothing. And just you concentrate like how I can fight against this. And and you, I mean, it's afterwards, of course, uh, you know, like, okay, this was, was pretty 
pretty dangerous and it it was close but then it's already over is there a particular technique when you're in that situation that you use to quiet that mind i i'm i'm super quiet always like i'm i think that that's my strength i'm really like when i'm climbing i can really like avoid any emotions is your mind blank no, it's not blank. It's just focus on what you're doing. Yeah, after your ascent of Annapurna, you said you felt empty. How do you keep yourself motivated after such an ascent like that? Oh, it, it took like more than a year to get motivated and get my get everything dialed out for myself. So it just needs time you know like I, I just went climbing and uh, I just figured out what I want to do and then uh, ideas coming back but you can't force that you know like you just uh, yeah you just have to let it go and if it goes away it's good if it doesn't come back then it doesn't come back totally understand that I think what impressed me the most is your diversity not only you were establishing these insane alpine speed records, but you're also an accomplished trad and sport climber. You free sold a few prior 13s, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Are you still free soloing at that level? No, 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 no. I mean, that was a period of the time. I mean, soloing, you have to be really careful. You know, like, it's... It's... it's it's something you can do for a period and you have to, to back up a little bit. Otherwise, you're pushing too hard and it's it's dangerous. Yeah, the price is uh, pretty real. Yes. Yeah, here in the States, there's an unspoken race to see who will be the first to free solo all cap in Yosemite Valley. You've cre- yeah. free climbed uh, Freerider, haven't you? Yeah. Do you think it's possible to free solo that round? <laughs> of course, everything is possible if you if you try, but not for me. Um, I think it's if you, yeah, it needs just the right guy who has the right mindset to do it. But it's not impossible. I mean, free rider is not that hard. How would you compare it to, say, Solo and the Iger and Annapurna? I know it's completely different, but in terms of danger and difficulty. I mean, Annapurna, if you want to do something like Annapurna, you need the, the right day, the perfect conditions. And I can't just talk to me. Like, when I did the ascent, I took so much risk. Uh, I've never t- taken so much risk in my life. So, uh it's definitely much da- more dangerous and you're on at 8,000 meters so you're really out there and I think the margin is really low and if you're not playing with that low margin of safety you're not able to do it so it's I think doing something like Annapurna it's I will never do it again so it's uh, for me it's just okay that's that's super dangerous. Yeah. You've lost a few friends over the years. How will you know when it's time for you to stop? I will never stop climbing because 
climbing gives me so much in my life. Uh, but you have to be careful. It's, it's like when we, we were talking about like keeping going, like free soloing and everything. It's, it just adds up. It's like a numbers game. And yeah, it's a numbers game. It's, it, it's calculation and sooner or later it goes, it goes wrong. So you really have to, to move on and, and do other things and maybe move into another level of risk and, and also accept that like you can't go further, you know? Like I can't go in this direction what I did on Annapurna. This is done. If I keep going on this, I'm going to die and pretty soon. So it doesn't make any sense. So I need to find other challenges to climb. How does your wife and friends feel about you taking such risk? You have to talk to them. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, it, it's... Uh, it's not easy, especially for my wife. It's, uh, I mean, we don't. It's, uh, it's obvious. Right? It's, it's a lot of risk going into the mountains like that, and uh, being a professional climber on a level I am, it's, uh, it's risky. So, uh, for her, it's, it's not easy to deal with. I can say that. But for me. It's uh, it's really important to have her because she puts me back to the ground. You know, like you're not getting too crazy. I think this is. I think it's 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 again. It's a really really fine line, and you have to find this balance between you know like pushing but being also smart and also accepting. You know, like. Especially when you're in public, you know, people like expect always something much harder or again a, a solo. And there, you really have to be honest with yourself and, and, and stay like, yeah, and, and make your own decisions and not, not doing it because people accepting it, you know. I mean, there, there's so many people that would like to, to see like, uh, I don't know, a, a life speed ascent or whatever and I know that's super dangerous it's kind of a no-go but it's it's hard to resist sometimes you know? do you feel the pressure sometimes mm. the pressure I do that to myself it's not from the public because I really I mean I really stay out of the of the scene, you know. Like I, I really try to to do my own things and not getting too much involved. Like I don't I don't read articles about me or whatever, you know. Like the whole media, I, I really try to avoid because I think it, that's really bad for myself. It pushes you in the wrong direction. So I found my I found my my way how to deal with it. smart because I know that um, you know there's people like Dean Potter who kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and I, I part of me feels like the media played into that a little bit of how do you keep out, out doing what you just did oh, of course it, it's 
I mean, take the Red Bull is a really good example. Uh, this is this is bullshit. They, I mean, people they get killed, you know, because all this life and a lot of of media and it's. I mean, but on the end, it's it's your own decision if you want to be part of it or not. And I'm pretty sure it's it's super dangerous. Yeah, I was wondering because I saw you when you were paragliding. I'm going. I wonder if he's going to get into uh, base jumping, wingsuiting off. No, no. This is like for me. This is definitely a no go. Yeah, my wife because says the same. <laughs> you you base jump a lot. Uh, no, my wife just says you're forbidden to do that. So you know, because it's been tempting for me too to to climb something and to wingsuit off. And you know, with people dying like Dean Potter, you just go no way. You know, it's just a matter of time. Oh, it's you can check the history of of all the the base jumpers. Nobody survived. I don't know a single person who survived long term. There's only a few. Yeah, but they stopped. <laughs> they were smart. <laughs> their wife probably put their foot down. No, no, no. But I, I think it's, it's again, it's the same. You can do it, but, but, for a certain period, it's, it's like free soloing. I think you can push it for a while, but after you, you just have to stop and pull the trigger and say, okay, now it's, it's, it's done. I have done my stuff, and I stop. And then you stay alive. And if you try to keep going, you're going to kill yourself. Yeah, it's almost guaranteed. It's the same with 8,000 meter climbs, you know? Like, we all know it's, it's, it's super dangerous. You're super exposed. Like, the margin, it, it's really low. Like, if you're playing with that game and that way uh, we climb. So... You can do it for a certain period, but then you have to 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 be smart enough and 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 step back. It does not mean you're not going to the eight thousand meter peaks anymore, but it means you go in a different way. You know, you get a little smarter. Uh, it's it's not no, it's not smart. It's kind of like uh, you have to accept it and say like, okay, that's the fact. You have to be really honest with yourself. Where, where do you see yourself in uh, 10 years? I don't know. I definitely not... I would definitely not sit on the couch in 10 years and not going out anymore. Yeah, but, you doing that. <laughs> but do you think you know, you'll still like, be pushing the limit? Yeah, but, uh, you know, like right now, for example... I really got hooked with trail running. Uh, I'm not a good trail runner, but for myself, I can push myself really, really hard, get on the limits in a safe environment. You know, I cannot kill myself on trail running, but I still have the feeling I'm pushing myself really hard. You know what I mean? I and do you know just have to fight. And you just have to find this this kind of activities. Uh, you can go sport climbing. You know, you can push yourself really hard on sport climbing. Uh, and you, you're never going to die on sport climbing or you really do a, a big mistake. But but you still can have the same feelings. 
without taking risk. Well said, well said. What words of inspiration would you like to share with the triple black community? I don't know. I think it's it's super important to think about when you do an activity, you really have to think about what is the reason you're doing it. Uh, and you have to accept on the end, you just do it for yourself. Uh, and a lot of people, especially in, in right now, you know, like with all this social media and all this YouTube videos, people push themselves and doing stuff for just to tell other people, you know, I have done this or I did, I did this and everything has to be on video or on picture. But on the end, it's, it, it's not what counts. I think what counts is like what you're doing for yourself. And you don't even have to, to tell people what you have done. I think that's not really, really important. And, and then you stay like really honest with yourself and you might not gonna push too hard. You know, like also if you do, if you push yourself too far, the only guy who has to take the consequences is you. Life is going on, you know, like when you do, I don't know, if you want to do a free soloing and it's too hard and you fall down, you die and you're the only person who dies. All the other person, they, okay, life is going on. It takes a few days and then it's normal. Kind of like with Dean Potter, everyone was sad and it was major news for maybe a week. Then everyone moves on to something else. Of course. Now it's like a couple of people still remember him because they know, knew him very close, but all the others, nobody cares anymore about Dean Porter. Only a few people. And But the problem is he cannot go out and climb anymore. For him, it's over. It's over. Yeah, I found that I've had to shift my priorities in terms of what climbing meant to me or means to me. And I found that uh, getting back to the roots of why you get into climbing in the first place, just being yeah. out in nature and doing the moves. Exactly. And if you, and you know, on the end, nobody can understand what you have done ever. You know, like nobody will ever understand what I have done on a Purna. Like the sensation, the feelings, the the experience, it's just my personal experience. I can try to tell people this experience. And maybe they get they get impressed, but it's your own personal experience. And if you go on a crack, climbing, whatever, I mean, sport climbing is really, really interesting, I think. Like, you can climb a route, you red point a route, and sometimes you red point a route, and it feels really, really good because you really, like, you managed it really well, you know? Like, it was flowing. It was hard, but it was... You have the feeling it's done so nicely. And I think that's the greatest feeling you can have. Agreed. Well, Uli, I can't thank you enough. Seriously, I, I know that you have a limited amount of time, but I, you've been a truly yeah. inspiration to all of us. Yeah, no, it's cool. I just have like now 500 people in front, so I have to start to speak in 10 minutes. <laughs>
Uh, well, hopefully, hopefully uh, this cool. uh, gets you warmed up and prepped for them. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Cool. <laughs> uh, hey, great. Well, good luck with all your future endeavors. I hope that uh, you stay safe and we can have this a similar conversation uh, next year or something. Cool, for sure. Perfect. You, you okay. got it, Lee. Take care of yourself. You too. Have a good day. Bye-bye now. Bye. Cheers. Wow, that was an incredible conversation. Here's a takeaway for you. It's extremely important when you're doing an activity, whether it's climbing, surfing, snowboarding, whatever it may be, to think about the reason why you got into it in the first place. Because in the end, you have to accept the fact that you're doing it for yourself. In other words, it's super easy to get caught up in the numbers. <laughs> I know, I've done it myself or where you stand in the rankings when it comes to competitions. Remember the reason why you got into the sport in the first place and keep that spirit alive. Because if you do, you'll find yourself many years later enjoying the sport as much as you did when you first got into it. Trust me, I've been climbing for nearly 40 years now and I love the sport even more now. Until next week, my friends, this is Dan Goodwin with Trollblack TV, the entertainment source for extreme sports. <laughs>